Hey everybody, Michael Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. Like I always say, it is my joy to be with you guys today. I have a wonderful guest on the show. I believe this is our third time joining me on the show and you know in the past three or four years and so it's always great talking to her but before we get on if you are new to the broadcast we have a new show releasing every monday and thursday on charisma podcast network you'd also get the charisma plus app it is on there as well tons of podcasts and free content on there, articles etc for you to tap into that will really edify you and build your faith as well as you can just go to apple Podcasts, spotify google play pretty much anywhere audible anywhere that podcasts are listened to there is hundreds of hours of free content through Awaken Podcast. Also go to YouTube. You can see my my uh, live videos that I used to do a few years back. There's about 80 plus videos on there. You can go and tap into that free content to be edified, blessed, encouraged, um, definitely to receive revelation and impartation. And so um, if you um, have been listening and you've been um, you know just constantly tapping into Awaken Podcast, thank you so much. I've heard testimony after testimony of people being touched and blessed and sharing this. So many people are sharing this content and so many more people are listening every episode. And so I'm really honored. I don't take it lightly. I appreciate it. My desire and passion is to spread this beautiful gospel to point people to Jesus so they can encounter the Lord for who he truly is, awaken to the pure gospel of our Lord Jesus, to see him hanging on that tree, to see his beauty, to see all that he's accomplished so we can truly walk empowered and free in every single way. I desire to have guests on my show that are carrying a relevant, uh, um, 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 a powerful message, a relevant message that God is really raising up in this hour. Amazing interviews if you're new to the show. And so anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. But no further ado, I want to have my guest on. Her name is Sarah Bowling. She is a Bible teacher. She's an international speaker. She does a lot of humanitarian work as well around the world. In 2019, Sarah launched a teaching ministry called Sarah Bowling, Living Genuine Love. And through her books, blogs, podcasts, videos, live teaching events, she is committed to constantly sharing life-giving revelation that will transform your life on a daily basis. She's a part of Maryland Hickey Ministries. She co-hosts a, a daily television program entitled Today with Marilyn and Sarah. Marilyn Hickey's her mother, and they reach billions of households worldwide. And she's a keynote speaker all over the world. She's written incredible books. She's also the founder of Saving Moses, which is an amazing ministry, a global humanitarian organization saving babies five and under every day by meeting the most urgent and intensive survival needs where help is least available. So Saving Moses funds and establishes revolutionary programs in nations of the world where there's a high um, infant mortality and where there's babies of sex workers and, and, they're, and they're susceptible to exploitation. So you can go to www.savingmoses.org. That's www.savingmoses.org if you want to find out more about that. Sarah, thanks for joining me. Michael, so fun to hang out with you again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you're always so full of joy. I love talking to you. You have such a pure heart. I love the message that you're bringing. Um, you're, you have tons of resources, so it's such amazing content. I follow you on social media. You're doing a wonderful job with that. And so, anyways, always great talking with you. Love hanging out with you. Totally stoked <laughs> to get some time. Absolutely, absolutely. So today we're going to talk about a book that you um, released not that long ago called Hey God, Can We Talk? Real Life Encounters for Real Life Circumstances. And so this whole book is about communion with God, about you know a daily conversation with the Lord, um, which really will draw the reader to a deeper relationship and intimacy with God than, than they've really ever experienced before. And so just tell us, what, what was your passion behind writing this book? What what really started this for you in terms of wanting to write this? Yeah, you know, I I... 
I had a title. I was doing a, a sermon in my church, and I just titled it Conversa- Conversations with God. And uh, I thought about that. I was like, what's the first conversation conversation a human ever had with God? And when I thought about that, I was like, well, that would be Adam. And then I was like, when did that happen? That happened after Adam completely lost the plot, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, God yeah. told him, don't eat the forbidden fruit, which is what he did. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ooh, he totally screwed up. <laughs> yeah, and I was really, I was really encouraged because I was like, "Hey, that's me too," you know. And I don't, Michael, I don't think there's one of a listener that couldn't say, "Me too." I've screwed up with God. Mm-hmm. And so, what does a conversation with God look like after we screw up? Um, and that just completely lit a fire in my heart. And I was like, "Well," and then you know what the conversation was like. God said to Adam, God initiated it, and he says, where are you? Knowing full well where Adam is, but Mm -hmm. it's a relational question, not a condemning, shaming, dismissive, belittling, none of that. It's it's relational. And I was like, oh my goodness, this blows my mind. So I did that, and then I was like, woof, what's the next conversation? (laughs) And so I did, I think I did about eight. 10 months of these conversations with God. And it, it was just, it was riveting to me. I, I just couldn't get away from it. And so I was like, Ooh, and then I was so inspired. I was like, Ooh, I want to write a book and honest truth. This book was the easiest book, best book I think I've ever written because it just absolutely, I felt like it went from God through the keyboard, you know, into the book. Mm-hmm. And I was nothing but a conduit and i was like that's pretty fun Oh, that's so awesome. That's awesome. I love that you mentioned how God is the one that initiated the conversation in the garden. That is something that the Lord has highlighted to me over the years because, you know, I believe wholeheartedly in repentance. It's biblical, but I think that we need a a new framework on it. We need a true biblical understanding of repentance because so many people think that we need to repent for God to turn back to us after we sin. But God is the one that initiated the conversation with Adam and Eve. And, you know, um, repentance turns our heart back to him, not his heart back to us. And so I just love the fact that you mentioned that because God pursued Adam when Adam sinned and fell short. And so God initiates the conversation without his grace. We cannot respond properly to who he is and you'll really be a part of the conversation in general. And so anyways, I just I love that. And you you share in your book about how at one point in your life You struggled with faith when you were younger, and you had an open and honest, raw conversation with your parents about this, and um, you had a kind of moment where you talked about how you screwed up, and I I love how you went into that, and and I know you talked about it for a few minutes or a minute ago, but I love this because so many people struggle with the fact that they need to clean up their act before they can come to God, or they feel closest to God when they're doing things that they perceive God would enjoy or that God is pleased with, and so I'd love to talk about that. So I think that's really good because, you know, I think I just framed this with the prodigal son parable because here's the deal. You got the the son, the younger son, who's the reprobate, mm-hmm. does it all wrong. He comes home and he's like, dad, I, I only deserve, I, I don't deserve to be your son. I'll be your servant. And I appreciate that the father runs out to the younger reprobate son who's coming home to just kind of be a servant. Yeah. So the father goes out and reconciles the reprobate son. But at the same time, 
And I think this speaks to what I would really say. The same time, the older son, he did it all right. Mm-hmm. He dotted the I's, he crossed the T's. And when he heard that his brother came home, he was, and they were having a party to celebrate the homecoming, the older brother was mad mm-hmm. and, and angry and pouty. And it said he wouldn't go in the house. And his, all of his right behavior excluded him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sidelined him. And, and this is what he says. And I appreciate that in, in this parable, the father's behavior is the same. Mm-hmm. It's the same for the reprobate son as well as the upstanding son, because the father goes out to both of them. Yeah. The father goes out to the older son who did everything right. And the older son says to him, dad, he doesn't even say dad. He's like, I have kept all your commandments. I have served you. That's not, that's not son language. That's servant language. Wow. That's not relationship language. That's, that's, I deserve you. Owe it to me. I've earned it. That's, and there's nothing relational in that. That's transactional. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important for our, our listeners because I think to what you just said, we feel like we're closer to God when we do it all right. And so that, that means it's on us rather mm-hmm. than on the love of God, the love of our Father. And in, in, the, in the Hebrew Jewish tradition, this parable is known as the chasing father instead of the prodigal son. Hmm. And I think that shift in our paradigm would really help us to have more open conversations with God rather than qualifying on our behavior and our, you know, upstanding. I'm not saying don't do that. Don't, I'm not saying don't be upstanding, but if that's the premise of our conversation relationship, then again, it's going to be transactional and it's going to miss the potential intimacy that we can experience with our father loving us. Yeah, Jesus turned our perspective so upside down. You just read Jesus and the Gospels and his parables and how he interacted and dialogued with the people around him. And it was always the needy. It was always the sinful. It was always the broken that felt so comfortable around him because they saw the love in his eyes and they saw the heart of the father. But then you have the people who were, you know, they they thought they had it all figured out. You know, they were doing what's right, you know, according to the law and according to their customs. And those were the people that resisted the Lord. And those are the people that the Lord rebuked the most harshly because they were dependent upon their own behavior and their own performance. They were qualifying themselves when we know that no human is qualified. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. You know, it is the Lord who qualifies us. And that's the beautiful thing. It puts us all in the same playing field. We all are sinners. We all have fallen short, but it is Christ and his work that transforms us, that makes us new, that calls us the righteousness of God in Christ, not by our own works, but by grace through faith. And so it's it's a core message of the gospel. And it's just the devil that is beating down the saints with lies, saying that you're not good enough. And if you just do this, then you'll be more like God, just like Satan whispered to Eve in the garden. We need to understand God wants us to approach him confidently, not because of anything we've done, but because of all that he's done. Yep. It's so Couldn't good. Agree more heartily. Oh man, it's so good. And I just love your book because uh, I love how you kind of go through the Bible, which 
amen, you know, thank God. You go through the Bible, you talk about Abraham, you talk about Job, you talk about, you know, um, Jacob and their conversations with God. And so this this book is an invitation to intimacy and just having a conversation with the Lord. Like what what does that even look like, a conversation with God? I know in your opening chapter, you kind of break that down and define that. Like how, how, do, you, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. I think one of the things, Michael, is um, it's a little bit like, even before our podcast, before we started taping and everything, we, you and I, we got on the phone and, you know, we had just back and forth. Hey, how's it going? It's been, been a little while. How are you doing? What's up with your family? And you're talking, you're asking me, how's your family there? What's happening in Denver? It was back and forth dialogue. Mm-hmm. It's not a monologue. It's not one person dominating the entire airspace <laughs> mm-hmm. or, yeah. you know, the time or whatever. It's, it's, there's dialogue and opportunity for interaction. And I think, I think if we, we can give room for that in our thinking with God, then we can have a little bit more um, connection, mm-hmm. awareness and participation. And I think the other thing I've found too, is I find my conversations with God um, happen I mean, I'm, I want them to happen all the time, but mm-hmm. I find sometimes they happen at random places or random when I least expect them, you know? So the other day I was playing pickleball and I'm outside and it's hot. And so I had to go to the bathroom cause we'd been playing for like an hour and a half and I'm walking cause it's just a public park, you know, and I'm walking to the bathroom as I'm walking to the bathroom, I hear God talking with me and I'm, and I, and I, I slowed my pace cause I wanted to length in the conversation mm-hmm. and I was like, what about, and I asked questions and I, and I felt like God said, well, Sarah, you know, talking to me on some really deep personal things, you know, about, Hey, this is, this is a problem. You've been thinking this way, but this is distorted. I'm like, yeah, but how, how is it distorted? If da, 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 you know, and we had this back and forth. And, uh, by the time I came back to my pickleball game, I was like, huh. it was a, a very significant mental shift for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and some questions that I've been wrestling with God on. And so I think conversations, we, we, if we can be open to having them in any time, any place, and it doesn't necessarily need religious, you know, music and ambiance. I mean, like pickleball, seriously, <laughs> Who thinks having conversations with God during pickleball, yeah. Oh, yeah. but I think it's rich opportunities for just day to day interaction. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many people, they just don't have confidence that God will speak back. You know, they're used to, um, you know, and Jesus challenged the idea of just repetitive prayers, just, you know, just saying so many words and so many words and so many words, just thinking that, oh, the more words I say, or maybe the louder I say them, maybe they'll connect with the heart of God, you know, and Jesus, he challenged that mentality, you know, just repeating repetitive prayers instead of, you know, really just trying to connect with the heart of God. I think a lot of people, number one, they just don't have confidence that God will speak back to them. So they just do all the talking. And number two, they just don't leave room in the conversation for God to speak back. Like they just, you know, it's just, hey, you know, I'm the one always talking to God and I don't expect him to talk back and they kind of just move on with their lives, but they're never just truly listening. Like there's something beautiful about, hey, you're, you're walking to the restroom, you're playing pickleball, you're walking to the restroom, but your heart was just probably attentive to him. Like you were just thinking and meditating and then boom, the voice of God came in, you know, like we just... <laughs> I don't think we, we believe God will talk to us. We don't leave room for him to talk to us. It's kind of my, my thought process. Mm-hmm. And I think I agree with you. I think margin, you know, 
Mm-hmm. I think we we fill our lives, and sometimes with sometimes good, but I just think leaving margin, leaving some room to pause and and uh, listen, and and I think the other thing, Michael, I find that like you and I were doing kind of this back and forth, and it's good, but I think we have the idea that we have a presumption that our conversations with God are going to be like our, our horizontal conversations. So, mm-hmm. you know, your best friend, your husband, your wife, your kids, you know, the, that we have these concrete, so to speak, conversations. But I think when, we, when we're talking to with God, God's talking with us, we have to appreciate that this is an entity who is infinite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to expect God to talk with us, communicate with us, in the same way as another human is a little bit inaccurate, you know? Mm-hmm. I think, and it says it in Job, God speaks one way or another, although men don't always perceive it. Yeah. And so I think increasing our awareness and, and just saying, okay, God, you know, you want to communicate with me. So I me to be aware of that. Increase my perception, my ability to recognize, to be aware that you're mm-hmm. communicating with me. It may not be like what I'm accustomed to with other humans, but I want to. I want to have the conversations. I want to have dialogue. And I think when we when we open that in our thoughts and our hearts, I think we begin to increase, you know, perceptions, awareness, and and increase the opportunities for those pretty amazing conversations. Yeah, and. I think a lot of us put God in a box as well. We feel like God's only going to talk to us in church or at a conference or at a a Bible study. Like you said, God spoke to you during a pickleball game. You know, he speaks to us anywhere, everywhere, through many things, all things. However he's going to get to us, he's going to get to us. And God's spoken to me in weird circumstances, very unusual circumstances, in wild ways that would probably shake a lot of religious mentalities. But like one time I was in, I was in Bible school at Christ for the Nations, newly saved a couple of years, and I wanted to be in the prayer room, you know, pounding the floor, you know, crying out. Like I thought that was, that's what God's generals is all about. That's what Smith Wigglesworth probably did. You know, like I'm just thinking, you know, I want to, I want to be used in this generation. So I had this idea that this is what it has to look like all the time, but there was a volleyball game going on. And I remember everyone was having fun during the volleyball game and I walked past the room thinking like, oh man, well, you know, for, you know, forget this. These guys aren't spiritual enough. You know, I'm going to go to the house of prayer. And then I felt like my heart was drawn to go in. And as soon as I walked in, there was just, people were shouting and laughing. And the Lord said to me, and I felt, I felt hit with his presence. And the Lord said to me, like, I'm here in the joy, in the laughter, in the life that is being shared. Like I am here. I'm not just relegated to a prayer room. I think that's mind busting and people just could learn that well god wants to speak to me anywhere through through everything that's that's huge we're not putting mm-hmm. him in a box anymore mm-hmm. and and to that end too i i completely agree with you and i remember one of the most powerful experiences i had with god with the feeling sensing god loving me was i was in the i was at the largest brothel in bangladesh Mm. Um, walking through the largest brothel there and there was one of the workers she was I could tell she was pretty young and she she had like her ear her eyes were kind of tearing up and I hugged her and I felt this outrageous pouring love of God like just overflowing me and to your point you know it's like wow you're really going to experience God's 
you know, mm. odd, awesome love in a brothel, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I was like, wow. And I think sometimes we have these religious constructs that are constrictive. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. You know? And I think it, let's let's kind of blow out the ends of that stuff and kind of clear out the cobwebs and get after after the heart of God and hey, whenever, however, in whatever way, let's have a conversation, experiences, encounters, engagement with God. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Jesus, he he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven and he filled all things. So beautiful. I just love the scriptures. He's closer than the air that we breathe. He his eye is always on us. And he always wants to connect, whether we're in a church or a seemingly religious setting, spiritual setting, or whether we are just spending time with our children or watching a TV show. God speaks through different things. And God, he's just, he's always after our hearts. And so that's a beautiful thing. And I, I love that you talk about friendship with God in your book. You know, you talk about God's Ab- uh, in- intimacy with Abraham and encounters that God had with Abraham. You talked about how it produced vulnerability and participation with the Lord. And I honestly think this is a key because many people have a hard time being vulnerable with God. And I feel it's because they have a, they have a harsh perception of who God is. They don't have a revelation of, of God being a friend like Abraham did. He saw God as a friend. Of course he had reverential fear and honor for the Lord, you know, but at the same time he was a friend. He didn't see God as a tyrant King or a harsh taskmaster, but he related to him as a friend. And I think this is, this is key because you can only be vulnerable with somebody that that you know will will love you regardless of of how, who you are and how you are. Mm-hmm. I think that's really true, and I think you know Jesus says, "Holy Spirit's a spirit of truth and leads us into truth." And I think vulnerability and truth, you know, they're kind of salt and pepper. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're matched set. And the reality is, we can't have intimacy without vulnerability or truth. Mm-hmm. And I think if we appreciate that's God's end game is that's what God wants, right? Connection, yeah. intimacy with us. Um, I think then at that point, that's an invitation, the welcome, welcome to be, you're safe. Mm-hmm. You, you're not, you're the most safe person you you can be vulnerable with is God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree 100%. And so I think, yeah, I think we 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 can say yes to that invitation, and not be scared that it's gonna go bad and circle the dream. <laughs> <laughs> we need a revelation of His heart. He is for us. He is not against us, and we can, He He knows our mess before we even vocalize it to Him. He He sees our thoughts afar off. He knows you know the yearnings and the longings of our heart. He knows what's on our on our mind. He knows what's all the things that we've done. Now, if we just you know, we can't sweep these things under the rug if we're vulnerable and we just are open before him. It it gives God the opportunity to just lavish love on us and speak identity into us and speak divine words of purpose into our lives to shape our callings. You talk a lot about our calling and kind of identifying that, you know, being at different times in our life where there's forks in the road and, and, and times where like you're just dreaming about the future. And a lot of people, they're having a hard time hearing God about about even their next steps in life. I'd love to maybe talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. And, and for me, like there's, I did a chapter on Jacob where it's like forks in the road. Mm -hmm. What does that conversation look like with God? When you're like, I don't know, I don't know the next steps here. I don't know the kind of, you know, I'm at a crossroads here. And, uh, I looked at Jacob's life and he had three 
huge crossroads, forks in the road for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at every one of those, there was a conversation with God. Some were more obvious and, and clear and, and interactive, and some were kind of, after the fact, he looked back and figured out, oh my goodness, God was here and I didn't even realize it. But mm-hmm. I think that when we're looking at next steps, I think this, those are critical opportunities, junctures, um, to have conversations and talk with God and say, hey, this is a question that I have. Hey, I'm interested, I need input, I need, I need to, to sense, recognize you. And, and appreciate, too, I mean, part of it, when Jacob had these conversations, one of, one of those conversations was a wrestling match, an all-night wrestling match with God. And Jacob walked away and changed. Number one, his name was changed. And number two, his walk was changed. And so yeah. sometimes I think of these conversations we have with God, um, they're formative. Mm-hmm. And I think that's good and necessary. But at the same time, I like the idea of wrestling with God because I think that we've, we sometimes have this, you know, shock and all kind of fear and reverence and, and that's good. But on the other side, I do think there's an invitation to wrestle and struggle and tell God with, you know, vulnerability, overall honesty, hey, <laughs> I don't really like what's going on here. And can we get down into the muck, wrestle this out, and I'm interested for you to help me and change and even change the way I walk. Mm. So I think those are important things to consider in having conversations with God. Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. You know, you have a, you have a chapter about, you know, melting down like hard circumstances in life. And you, you talk about, you know, we have, we have several questions, you know, that we, that we ask God and how God, well, God likes to ask us questions. This was how you really started. You're talking about God asking Adam and Cain and Abraham questions. And then those questions led to deeper conversation and insight and how we approach God sometimes with wrong questions like, God, well, how come if you were so good, how come this happened? And how we need to have a different framework and kind of ask the right questions. And, you know, that's a huge part of dialogue is just kind of going back and forth, asking questions. I feel like Jesus did a lot of that. God did a lot of that in the scriptures to kind of get down to the heart of the matter and and to have us open up and be vulnerable and um, I just know there's a lot of people out there that do have questions, but I don't know if they're asking the right ones, you know, sometimes. And so I'd kind of like to go into that a little bit as well. Yeah, I think that, I think questioning God, I think is not, I, I think sometimes that's a forbidden zone, you know, like don't do that. Mm-hmm. Don't ask God questions. And, and I don't think God is unnerved by our questions. Yes, I agree. Um, I really don't. I think God invites our questions. Um, And I think, too, I think not only, I think we have to be open to a wide spectrum of questions, not just always the same ones. Sometimes I find, like, you know, if I ask, continue to ask God the same question, and there's a a truth of persistence, you know, but I also think sometimes God says, let's, I want you to think think of this in some different ways. Ask some different questions, Sarah. Let me guide and direct you. This is going to be educational and, and influential. It's going to be formative. Um, and sometimes I find myself getting locked into kind of stubborn perspective. And I think God kind of just pauses and says, okay, let's kind of bite, bite this time a little bit. Okay, let's let her kind of go down this <laughs> runway for a little while. And then we're going to, you know, kind of hijack the wrong way and do some new questions. 
action. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, I think that's good. I think that's constructive. And again, it's, it's intimate. It's growing. It's being closer and closer. And that's, I think, God's heart ultimately is to have intimacy and connection with us. Hmm. One thing, one thing I learned from a pastor, you know, when I was saved only a few years, he said to me, I was like, wow, well, God used to speak to me this way all the time. And he's just not speaking to me this way anymore. And he's like, well, God, he always, always drawing us deeper. You know, God is, he sometimes switches his language, you know, with how he communicates to us because he's drawing us into a deeper, more heartfelt communication. You know, he likes to, and for me, like a lot of times God, when I first got saved, it was like, okay, do this. You know, like I, I knew like, okay, I was going to Bible school and it was, it was Christ for the nations. And I knew that he made that very clear and he confirmed it a hundred times. And then when I was graduating Bible school, he sent me to Mozambique, Africa, and I knew it. He confirmed it. He spoke it to me. He was giving me instructions, and he was confirming those instructions so I had peace and confidence that that's what he wanted me to do. And then I just realized, wow, like God isn't always giving me specific instructions. You know, me and his heart have become one um, so much in, in the past years that he is actually like ministering to me and I'm, be- I'm being led and there's desires that I have that were his desires first, and I just get to walk that out. And there's a lot of freedom in this relationship with God. And if he really wants me to know something, or if I'm being deaf of hearing, then yeah, he'll speak clearly to me. But I don't know. It's just, there's something so beautiful about this relationship with God as well, because it's just never the same thing and the same thing and the same thing. He keeps us on our toes and it, it brings us deeper with him. He's always speaking in different ways is what I found. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I think it keeps freshness um, and and like it helps us pay attention instead of just getting kind of in a rut of the routine plug and play. And I think that keeps a fresh connection into the scene growing. And I think we never, we never outlearn God, you know, mm-hmm. out connect with God. I think that's really powerful, Michael. Yeah. And I just know this is a struggle for a lot of people, um, you know, hearing from God. So I'm grateful that there's resources coming out, that this book is out to help people develop a strong connection with the Lord. And so I, I know that there's people out there just discouraged, disheartened um, about their relationship with God. They feel dry. They feel like they're not hearing from the Lord, that they're the ones doing all the talking. And there's people listening to this right now that have that same feeling, or maybe they're in a season where they feel like they're in a rut and they feel dry and they feel like, what's God doing, you know, right now? And I would love for you to speak into that. If you'd like to pray as well, whatever you feel led in your heart, I just, I got this sense right now. There's people that are just, their heart is burning and they're, and they're in a a very discouraged place in this area. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to pray because I, I Mm -hmm. feel like I could say something, but I think prayer and inviting God's participation is going to be better than what I could say. (laughs) Great. So Father, I lift up each person listening that, is discouraged and feeling dry in their connection and hearing with from you. And I pray that you would breathe, Holy Spirit, breathe life into their hearts, into their mind, bring in clarity. I pray for each person listening, you would raise their awareness of how you want to speak with them and in a variety. Um, I come against the enemies schemes that try to deceive and distort and accuse. Um, and and I rebuke the enemy now. And, mm-hmm. and I thank you, Jesus, that your name dispels, dispels any effort and work that the enemy tries to do. So I pray for each person listening that 
including me, that you would raise our sensitivity and our awareness, um, train us to hear and sense and recognize you, um, mm. and help us to not fall into you know mindsets and patterns that would that cause you know less volume or less awareness. Um, help us to walk and step with you in cadence and to recognize your presence and, and have those intimate conversations and just even um, togetherness. I pray for each person listening that you would increase our awareness of our togetherness with you, Father. Thank you for loving us. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would pour the love of the Father into each listener's heart Yes, and um, that they would be fully um, aware of your love overflowing um, the capacity of their hearts and that they would sense you loving them um, just because that's who you are. Thank mm-hmm. you for doing this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And the scripture that is reverberating in my spirit right now, it's in John. It's in the Gospel of John where the Lord Jesus says that I am the shepherd, you are my sheep, and you hear my voice, and you will not listen to the voice of a stranger. And I feel like the voice of a stranger has been creeping in, telling you lies that you're not good enough or that God speaks to everybody else except you. You're not anointed like the pastor or the teacher. Like, how would God speak to you and when you've done this and that wrong? And he's just this laundry list of things that you've done wrong that supposedly disqualifies you. And it's only the Lord who qualifies you. We're all disqualified according to our works, but it is the blood of Jesus that speaks a better word that qualifies us. And so um, you are a sheep of God. He is the shepherd and you do hear his voice. That is the better word that you need to cling to. You need to identify with that. You need to take that take that to heart and you need to just meditate and meditate and meditate upon that scripture. If you truly believe that you are a good receiver and that you are hardwired to hear the voice of God, I guarantee you will begin to hear his voice, maybe not overnight, but you will begin to hear his voice more and more every single day as that is the core belief of your heart that you hear from him that he is your shepherd, you hear his voice, you're a good receiver. Tell that to yourself. I receive from God because I am born of the Spirit. I'm born of him, and I hear his voice. And so, amen. Just receive that. Um, thank you so much, listener, for tuning in today. I truly um, hope that you um, were blessed by this episode. Thank you, Sarah, for taking time and joining me on the podcast today, sharing your heart, releasing this resource how can people um, tap into your ministry, even Saving Moses? Tell us a little bit about that, kind of what you're doing that people can connect with. Yeah, so a um, couple things. Saving Moses, we have our website, savingmoses.org. Um, really, really good website. You see the cool stuff that's going on and, you know, loving babies and toddlers, right? I mean, that's such <laughs> a magnificent, mm-hmm. enjoyable gift um, to get to do that. Um, so, that's a great place to explore some of the cool stuff there. And then um, I think there's saving or sorry, sarahbowling.org um, is kind of my website and Sarah with an H and there's all kinds of great stuff there. There's, you know, YouTube and I write a blog every week. And so there's plenty of cool ways to interact and engage there. And obviously Michael, we all do social media. So, Mm-hmm. I haven't done TikTok. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't either, honestly. Yeah. yeah, but the rest of it's all out there. So that hopefully that's convenient for all of our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for just being the child of God, the servant of God that you are, just being faithful to the message that he's given you, sharing your life, not holding back, 
releasing these resources, man. You're just so down the earth as well. You're spiritually minded, but you're very down the earth. Such a joy to talk to. Very kind. I always love talking to you, Sarah. Right back at you. It's super fun. Always makes me laugh. Thank you, Michael. <laughs> you got it. Such a blessing. So thank you guys for tuning in to Awaken Podcast. Make sure to review, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review it so that we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed and awakened by the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We're in this together. The church is growing. The church is thriving. The glory of God is resting upon his people. He is opening the eyes of our hearts, breaking off lies and false perspectives we are we are growing into the fullness of christ and we are doing this together so bless you guys spread the word about the podcast would be a blessing and i'll speak to you guys next time on awaken podcast hello everybody michael lombardo here let me tell you about this amazing online store the hope filled journey um, they definitely want to check that out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up an online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, full-time jobs, raising four small children. They stepped out in faith, and God is honoring it every step of the way. It's www.thehopefilledjourney.com. This is where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. You'll be able to find amazing clothes for spring, handmade jewelry. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line, as well as high quality in all they do and produce. Check it out. It's the hopefilledjourney.com. And also, if you today, if you go, well, you got a promo code AWAKEN, promo code AWAKEN. If you go to the website, you can get 25% off of all full-priced items, and all orders over $60 will ship free. And so that's 25% off today, all full price items and any orders, $60 or more will ship free. And so make sure to go to the website that is www.thehopefilledjourney.com and make sure to use promo code AWAKEN.